0: God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Man, I completely wiped my whole computer. You know, it's like if your house burns down, you got to like go buy like a fucking, you know, the towel rack that you bought 10 years ago. You were like, I'll never have to buy another towel rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when your house burns down, you got to buy that towel rack. Yeah. So that was what Skype was for me. (laughs) Skype was that towel rack. So like when you said, are you ready? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. Except, oh, I don't have Skype. So you had to get a new computer or what? So I threw my computer into a puddle of mud out front. I ran to the computer store, bought a brand new computer, and then ran to the Skype place. And they ladled a one heaping spoonful of
1: Skype into my computer and now I'm here and it took me four and a half months. It is weird to get to a certain age where when you do things or when you decide you're not going to do things there is a sort of finality to it like well I'm probably not ever going to do that thing because the old hourglass of sand is uh running the old hourglass of sand is running the old fucking hourglass of fucking sand bro
0: the other thing i don't have is any of my templates i know this is exciting dude when you start talking about templates for logic that's when the crowd goes crazy
1: you'll notice that i tried to actually crack into something interesting and meaningful but you went back to templates so let's just talk about templates got that baron's jersey on what is that this is michael jordan's Barron's jersey when he played baseball in the city that I'm oh from. shit oh damn dude you're taking it deep taking it deep taking it to 94 95 baseball season
0: you're going all the way down to where the
1: balls meet the shaft well 23 is such a way of life that you'll even wear number 45 because it's really about just living a 23 life which is what i'm doing
0: dude it's about going to where the balls meet the shaft yeah. some people call that balls deep i call that
1: Where the balls meet the shaft. I don't have any other options, man. Someone says. No,
0: no, dude, you don't have any other options, by the way. I didn't choose this. I I know some of your friends, some people that like worry about your sanity and your health, your mental well-being. Those people will say, oh, no, Clint, you have
1: other options. But I know you don't i really it's really that simple someone someone it is that simple i posted this jersey on uh, my instagram with the humorous caption i'm fine everything's fine and then it's a picture of a baseball jersey and like several we were like man when you go in you really go huh and i want to write what other option is there motherfucker there is no other option there's only one door to go
0: through and i have to go through yeah what are you gonna dial lois lane's number and just dial six digits or are you gonna dial the seventh digit And they're like, you don't need to, you don't need to dial the sixth, the seventh digit. And you're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then you you. put on your, you put on your Baron's minor league (laughs) Michael Jackson video jersey, and you fucking go out and you dance. You're on the floor and you're dancing, buddy. You've got the glitter in your hair, the lights are shining in your eyes. And it's all good.
1: You know how they say dance like no one's watching. Guess what I do? I dance like everyone's watching. Everybody is watching. They are. Guess who's the star of the movie of my life? Clint Wells. Me,
0: dude. They're all watching, and you know what they're doing?
1: Loving it, clapping. Yeah, well, clapping, applauding. They're like and a loving. fucking
0: McDonald's commercialist from fifteen years ago. They're loving it.
1: Ba 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 ba. They're loving me. <laughs> ba ba ba
0: ba ba. We can't monetize this this stream now. <laughs> there's an algorithm that listens to everything that goes out into the world we're living in the fucking future now (laughs) how do dude i how does youtube know i don't know there's a billion hours of content going onto the web every day and there's some ai just like looking for anything that's ever been made we deal with it on the metallica
1: podcast all the time as we put our stuff on youtube and It'll tell you immediately if you have copywritten material, like from a. I'm talking like a two hour conversation, mostly dialogue. We'll put in a little thirty second clip or whatever. The inner f- man who gives oh, shit. Forget it. And it finds it. It finds it immediately. They'll yeah. either monetize it. They'll make the money off of the ads. If right. it, or they'll just shut it down. They'll just shut your ass down.
0: Yeah. So I, well, here's what happens with me, dude. When I'm doing my live streams or my Monday night Saxon pub gigs, the publishing company that I go through through immediately throws ads on my shit and I'm like I don't want it to throw ads on my shit because there's 45 people that are gonna watch it and I don't want those 45 people on my Patreon to have to sit through ads Right. but I can't, I can't do anything about it and I own the copyright well,
1: Who's making the money off the ads? Your publishing company or you?
0: The publishing company has set yeah. it up so if anybody <sighs> plays I'm meddling I am still it imme- immediately me gusta publishing or whatever the fuck they're called it's like, uh, don't worry about it. But uh, by the way, we own the publishing on this. Don't worry about it. We're not taking you down, but we will be fucking cramming commercials up its ass until it can't even move.
1: And meanwhile, you're the guy who created it. You own it. It's I yours. It. You I made own it. it. own it. Did I own it? Did I own it? This really interesting video recently surfaced of Neil Young yeah. in like 1972. Okay. It's like a 15-minute video, and it's him in a record store. Right. The guy behind the counter doesn't know who Neil Young is. right? And Neil Young's looking at these bootleg copies of vinyl. And he goes up to the clerk, and he's like, hey, what's the deal with this record? The guy's like, I don't know. The boss buys those. And Neil Young's like, well, this isn't one of my records, and this is my record. He's like, see that? That's me. I wrote these songs. And you're selling this. He's like, so Neil Young's basically like, hey, I'm just letting you know. I'm taking this out with me. I'm not buying it. And the guy's like, you can't do that. That's stealing and Neil Young's like no it's not stealing because I'm this is my recording I made this I wrote these songs so Neil Young like leaves the record store I gotta send it to you it's fast it's fascinating it's like a time capsule because people are coming in and out of the record store looking at like what's on the shelves the way people are dressed he's having this bizarre conversation with the clerk at the record store What what year is this? 72. Oh, okay. Uh, my whole point was it was interesting that it was it's an interesting ethical issue when someone's making money off something you own that you made. Right. And there are all these strange middlemen that are nameless and faceless. And how do you reclaim your control over that? I guess you can't. I guess it's over. I guess it doesn't matter. I guess we're fucked. You got to put that Baron's jersey on. You got to get that glitter in your hair and you got to walk out on the floor and you got to
2: dance.
1: You got to dance like everyone's watching because they
0: are. Dude, they are watching. Dude, they're all watching and you know what they're doing? They're loving it. They're loving me. (laughs) They're loving what you're doing. I don't know if they love you, but they're loving what you're doing. Well, I get
1: to decide what they think and they love me.
0: Dude, part of them loves what you're doing so much that they kind of hate you. They're like, we love what he's doing so much. We kind of hate him a little bit because we wish we were doing it that well. We wish we had our Paul Stanley coffee mug, but we
1: don't. That's not Paul Stanley, homie. Who is that? That's Ace Frehley, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ace Frehley. Let's argue about that for 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) We don't need to. Because as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, you're right.
1: (laughs) You You just jumped off the kiss ledge and hoped that you grabbed onto the right branch, the right member branch. I was just saying a name. And then, as soon as you corrected me, I was like, "No problem." How about bands like Kiss getting away with murder? With just murder when it comes to the hanging out with some chicks on tour, sitch, dude. The fact that fucking
0: Kiss hasn't been me, dude, is I unbelievable. I know. I know. It That's really is. you know. Well, you know why? I'll tell you why. They're just
1: too old for it to matter.
0: I think that the even like the last time I was hanging out with Gene Simmons, which would have been 20 years ago, he was hanging out with not age appropriate whores, but like pretty close. Like they were in their forties
1: when he was in his sixties. So Right, right, right. I don't know. But I mean, they have a song called Christine 16. Yeah. And no one gave a fuck. Man, there was this whole period of time where rock and roll was like
0: I've, I, dude, I've I've written a bunch of songs where the it sounds like I'm talking about pretty young chicks in the song, and my wife pointed out to me one time. She's like, "Man, these these sound like young girls that you're talking about." And like examined it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, well, like, what's an example? What are you talking about?" Like, I wrote wrote a song called Butterfingers, and (laughs) and it's like, of course you did. Hey hey baby let me take you to the mall and let me buy you some stuff and like i looked at the lyrics and i was like "Ooh, these are creepy lyrics
2: but the thing while why you're dropping the ball better listen to your daddy when you call gonna take you right down to the mall buy something real nice not small get my car take a by. show you the expensive side you know five-star experience treat you like a cone. is your personal business fingers, but i got your best interest in mine i'm kind i'm not so blind that i can't see the sun get my car take a ride show you the expensive side you know five star experience Treat you like a queen i'ma let my hands get crazy up on your feet they lazy they lay there just like prisoners just like they want some twizzlers strawberry that's my favorite
0: But it was supposed to be funny. Like to me, it was supposed to be funny. But if you broke it down, you'd be like, oh, this is weird. (laughs) But oh crap, I'm a pedophile. But it's again, I don't think it's like like I wasn't thinking about it, so I was just writing what I wrote. I think a lot of my song inspiration comes from like I never write anything autobiographical, it's always like sort of emotional, emotionally biographical or whatever. And I think a lot of romance, a lot of falling in love all kind of comes from that period of my life when I was like a teenager. So when I'm writing right. love songs, a lot of that sort of energy or whatever comes from that time period. It doesn't necessarily come from now or my 40s or 30s. So maybe that's why some of the language is that way. Well, I, I don't know. I completely
1: resonate with that. If a song makes too much like linear sense, I'm so bored by it. And I much prefer emotional snapshots shots and like imagery and then it's totally linked to some sort of romantic ecosystem that was built when we were teenagers yeah i think so and maybe maybe some early 20s is in that too because you're still you hasn't been totally shoveled out yet
0: well dude i was doing group therapy for seven years which i've talked about on this show before and the one thing that nobody really wanted to talk about in group therapy was any kind of sex stuff like and when I say sex stuff I'm talking about like ooh I want to like I want to have sex with you or I'm attracted to you or whatever which you could talk about in there because the rules were you couldn't fraternize outside of the group so that you could explore your emotions and talk about feelings inside the group. So and part of that was to explore like if you were attracted to somebody or not attracted to somebody you would explore that in the group. And it was a safe place to do that with counselors. But they told us, and it's true, that whenever we we're exploring that stuff, they were like, how do you, how, what age do you feel? And emotionally, at, you know, almost everybody was like uh, 14, 15, 16, you know, that time in your life when you're just falling in love for the first time,
1: you know? You're just building the world for the first time that you will probably kind of inhabit, or at least you're building a world you visit when you want to channel those feelings, Right. You still have the same posters on the wall. It's like the, it's like your childhood bedroom or something. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's such, why it's, wouldn't they it's let you talk about thing. it? No, they wanted us to talk about it. They encouraged us to talk about it, but nobody wanted to because it was so risky. There was a lot of risk. There's a lot of risk involved when you're making yourself vulnerable and you're
1: telling somebody, Absolutely. oh, I'm attracted to you. So if there was like a chick in the group that liked you, she would say, if they were like, let's just say her name is Sharon, like Sharon, would you like to share something? Sharon, Sharon is what they called her actually. And she would say, yeah, I'd like to share that. I'm, I want to have sex with Bob. Is that what you is that how that would play out? I just That's, want to share yeah, with the group that I want to have sex with Bob. Right. And then do you get, do you have to respond to that or? Well, yeah, then I would have feelings. And I, and the
0: worst thing that I could think of in the group would always be like, well, I'm not attracted to you, Sharon. Like to say that was like the worst. I'd much rather be attracted to her and go, Yeah, I want to have sex with you too. I'm attracted to you. But if I wasn't, which I never was, uh in in that group, but not with certain but I was attracted to a couple people in the group. And I would say it, I'd be like, uh, I want to have a baby with you. And Jeez. I would tell I would tell all the men, I'd be like, you're all my enemies. Because I want to kill you. You're, you're, yeah. You're vying for my, you're vying for the attention of the one that I want to have babies with. So I will kill all of you. And dude, the room would light up. The room would light <laughs> up. But it was all about emotions, you know, it was, all, it, and then you talk, then you have these feelings. All these feelings get brought up and then you talk about them, which is something I never did as a kid. Like I couldn't talk about my feelings with my parents or with anybody. Yeah, so what right. ends up happening is you're like four or five and you just, Like, well, I can't do anything with these feelings. And you just stuff them and you act like an adult. And then you get to be an adult and you're acting like a teenager because you've never matured. Hmm. And so over seven years, I probably went from acting like an eight or 16 year old till acting like a 40 year old in the course of about seven years.
1: It's a big revelation as an adult to realize that even your doctors, even lawyers, even people who are very professional seeming and very grown up seeming. This is a lot of children who never grew up who were in adult bodies. Yeah. Who somehow got mortgages. They got loans for cars. They have their own children and they don't know shit. I know. About about being adults, you know? Uh, It's so weird. It's wild. But that's kind of a lot of
0: the world's that way. I know. Because we don't teach that in school. It's not like you go to school and go, okay, today we're going to discuss how to discuss us having emotions and how to deal with emotions, or how to be in a healthy relationship, how to be in an intimate relationship with someone that you love—that's not
1: taught in school. I feel like it is more now. I mean, I bet Luke's getting more access to that kind of conversation than we did when we were fifteen.
0: Dude, I've looked at 14. his home. I've looked at his homework. That ain't in his homework. His homework's <laughs> math.
1: It's fucking reading a book and fucking doing a <laughs> yeah, report yeah. on it.
2: It's all
0: the right. same
1: bullshit we had to learn. I guess just at Nova's age, she's in first grade. There is, I mean, there really is some emphasis on how are you feeling? It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to ask for help. It's still it's still mostly math and social, st- it's still mostly the school stuff. But right. there is some talk about feelings that I don't remember having when I was in first grade. No. Dude, I was in first grade in Birmingham, Alabama with a bunch of fucking redneck ignoramos teachers who were like slapping us in class my first grade teacher like grabbed my jaw once and shook it just mean ass fucking stupid assholes and uh yeah i mean that was kind of what it was like for me well you were in where michigan oh you were in germany dude i went to a german catholic school man. let me just say
0: the word nuns (laughs) i've canceled (laughs) (laughs) those those nuns fucked us up they fucked us up dude like if you did something wrong, you had to come to the front of the class, bend over, and they'd take a cane out, a wooden cane, and fuck you up with that wooden cane
1: in front of the class
0: in front of the class, and then you go wow. back to your seat and then if you're doing if you were like fucking around at your desk, which you are want to do when you're five or six years old, they'd <laughs> do the thing they'd do the thing where they'd fucking whack your knuckles with a wooden ruler, like all the shit God you damn. hear about. they didn't fuck around, man, they wanted you fucking not fucking up their day with your being young, you know, and your young energy.
1: When I was in seventh grade, I was reasonably popular. I had friends and I had a girlfriend, so I was okay, but not not mega popular or anything. But there was a really popular kid that sat next to me in seventh grade science class. And like most unpopular kids, I wanted this popular kid to like me and think I was cool because I thought I was pretty goddamn cool. And I kind of was cool, but he didn't know that. And I needed him to know that. Here's how I tried to do that. We were just talking about bones. Well, we have, there have there's this bone and that bone. Do we know about the bones? Yes. And I leaned over to him. Because the thing about this, we're 12 and 13. We're all masturbating for the first time. And I'm like, I've never talked to this kid before ever. This is the first thing I ever said to this kid. This kid's wildly popular. Little king of the earth. I said, hey, ask him what a boner is. <laughs> all right. Now, I knew that it's not a bone that makes your penis hard. I knew even then that it was blood and... But it was funny because it's called a boner and we're starting bones. It's pretty good for 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. And the good news is the joke landed because this kid laughed real hard. But here's what happened after that. <laughs> Teacher, Mr. Floyd, this, kid, right. this kid's name was Blake Mosley. I'll never forget it. Oh, that's so funny, Blake. What'd Clint just say to you that's so funny? Why don't you just tell the class? And now, here's, here's the range of things going through my head during this. Surely the coolest kid in school isn't gonna rat me out he's the coolest kid in school he's gonna make up something and get me out of it and then we're gonna be best friends and this is a real bonding moment i'll be sitting at the, a different table by lunch with these motherfuckers right here's what he said uh he told me to ask you what a woody was ah! <laughs> he got the joke wrong he immediately gave me up and he got it wrong because that's not what i said the joke make is any boner sense. bitch doesn't make any sense what he oh said. Oh my so, God. I mean, all of my I mean, there was a real loss of innocence that day, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But here's how they chose to deal with that. He sent me to the he sent me and Blake to the principal. So we're walking down the hall and I remember looking and being like, Why did you do that? Right. Why did you say that? He's like, I don't know. He didn't give a shit. We were never friends after this, by the way. But here's what they made me do. They made me write a whole report about how sperm is made in the scrotum they made me write a whole report about like sort of what's happening biologically in the male situation is this Alabama making... public school yeah yeah and they okay. made me write the report and they made me read it in front of the class let me find a show hold on let me get a sheet of paper here's me reading that report in front of my seventh grade science class you ready how, how old are you in seventh grade like 12 12 here's me standing in front of the class 25 kids uh <laughs> the penis and the scrotum Dude
0: that's That's why you go balls deep now Cause right at that point That's why I'm wearing a Michael Jordan baseball Dude jersey, bro. you were where the shaft Meets the balls when you were 12 Most kids Are tip deep tops
1: By the time they graduate from high school You were, you were getting close to Taint territory Well, once again, when you hear that story and the the story of the Knuckles being wrapped in Germany, then you start to really understand. It starts to really come into focus. We had no choice. No. I don't choose this. I'm okay. You're okay.
0: I'm (laughs) I'm not not okay. okay. You're not okay. You're not okay.
1: Yeah. How could we be? How How could could we we be? be? How is it? I mean, can. In, in a different life.
0: It's like taking, a, It's you know what it is? It's like taking a perfectly good aluminum can that says Coca-Cola on it and scrunching it the fuck up. And then when you're an adult, you go, you know what? I don't want to be this scrunched up can anymore. So you go to fucking therapy and you fucking pull that can and now it resembles a can.
1: But guess what it looks like? It's never smooth, though.
0: Dude, it's fucked up. It's got dents in it. Paint's chipping off of it. There's little fucking rust spots. You can't put any water in it because it's going to leak. And then your wife comes up and goes, Why can't you hold any fucking coke in your fucked up can? You go, Bitch, you should have seen this can 10 years ago. <laughs> God damn it. I'm doing the best I can with the can that I've got given me. Oh, man. God damn Shit. it. Should we thank our Patreon
1: friends? Absolutely. All right. We absolutely should dip in.
0: We've got a Patreon account. If you want to help us out, uh, go to patreon.com backslash IOK, and you can join today. You can get video of the the podcast you're watching. You can also get this thing called The Secret Weekly, which is extra bonus content. And I will say this. I don't know why it is, but lately, The Secret Weekly has been kind of where the uh, candy uh, gum two roll, middle of the fucking podcast has been being kept for some reason,
1: so it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and there's over fifty episodes of that over just immediately available on the Patreon. Which, by the way, new patron Glenn Maynard, who I recognize from Metal Up Your Podcast, who I believe from Australia. So we want to say thanks to Glenn. I'm going to clap for Glenn. I'm going to clap.
0: I spent some time in Australia.
1: I did. I yeah. I, I lived there for
0: uh, oh, I guess it was about oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe about 10 years in the out back there. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, why are you speaking Strine? And I'll be like, well, because I, cause I spent most of my time there and that's why I speak Strine instead of English. A lot wow. of people say, how do you spell Strine? S-T-R-I-N-E. Strine. <laughs> that's what I speak. You speak Strine. Well, I speak Strine. I, I don't know what you speak. I guess you speak English or American or whatever you want to call it, really i speak strong
1: i do think it's cool that we have like an international uh international fan base we're gonna be taking that tour to fucking melbourne as soon as there's a, a vaccine dude on. what if we
0: fucking spend three thousand hundred thousand dollars and fly to australia and do our podcast in brisbane and a walla walla or whatever these fucking places are called and nobody shows up except for that one guy except for glenn except for glenn well, it's just glenn and his drunk mom
1: <laughs> his drunk
0: mom <laughs> just uh you said these you said these fuckers were were funny glenn they're not funny they're just kind of <laughs> fucked up sorry mom uh they trust me mom they're better on the podcast i don't know what's going on with this live show yeah fuck them fuckers
2: they're not funny glenn <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's us well, that's the end op- of that Let's check out this email, and then we'll split to The Secret Weekly. This is from Keith Trimmel. You can always write in, Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We will read it on the goddamn show. You know why? Because we can do whatever the fuck we want on our own fucking show. Dude, we've got the glitter in our hair. we got the
0: Baron's jersey on. And we're going out to the floor, and we're going to read the email. And you know what? The whole world's watching. And you know what they're doing? Loving it. Dude, they
1: are fucking loving it. <laughs> right. The subject is barbecue. He says, okay, fellas, I agree with a lot. However, I draw the line at what you said about barbecue in episode 112 and the quote unquote put it in the oven argument. He says, that's a roast. Put it on the smoker, drink some yerba mate tea, and write some more badass music as you chill by the pool looking for the giant prehistoric fish. Zip. (laughs) Now back to the music. He says, I know you guys like the Beatles, but how about the animals? Thanks, guys. I don't like cooking barbecue. I love it. From Keith. First of all, let me say this. We love that
0: you included all of the I'm okay, you're okay jokes. He included everything, by the way. So with that, we just
1: want to say that we love you. And we agree with everything you just said. All right, let's move <laughs> on. Do you like the band The Animals? Oh, did he say that? He says, uh, I know you guys like The Beatles, but how about The Animals?
0: <sighs> what songs did they do now?
1: I probably love them. They're famous for the version of House of the Rising Sun. That's like their most famous thing. Well, no, I hate that. So let's
0: see what else they've done. <laughs> if that's their only song, then no. It's not their only song, but it's probably what they're most known for. These guys obviously saw The Beatles and were like, we're going to be The Beatles. But they're well, not. Everyone, they're not everyone The everyone Beatles. Did that. They're not The Beatles. Oh, Eric Burden? He was the vocalist of the animals. Well, I've heard of him. Alright, let's see what their hits were.
1: There is a house in New Orleans. Well they got that from Dylan probably. Dylan does a pretty famous version on his first album.
0: No, that Leadbelly wrote that shit, dude. When you listen well, know, to Leadbelly do it, you're like, uh, oh, this it's scary as fuck.
1: Yeah, dude, those old blues guys channeled some real scary oh shit, i do right.
0: like i do like that we got to get out of this place but i don't like the fact that they uh did they write these songs it's written by barry man and cynthia well see they're just covering songs so no they're a cover band fuck them
1: <laughs> that's all they are they're a fucking cover band fuck them well there you have it folks i'm okay you're okay i'm not okay you're not okay please write in tell us what you're doing <laughs> how you're feeling what you're thinking what you'd like us to talk about we gotta get out of this place and cover some more songs
0: by some other people. Because we can't write a song and we can't find a look. So we're stealing our look from the Beatles. We're the animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. I like all these songs, I have to say. Who wrote this fucking song? It was written by Benny Benjamin, Horace Ott, and Sol Marcus for the singer and pianist Nina Simone. So she recorded it first, and then they covered it. These motherfuckers, all they did was just cover songs?
1: Fuck these guys. Well, Bob's other podcast is called The Song Club. My other podcast is called Metal Up Your Podcast. We're going to kick it now to The Secret Weekly, and we will see you guys on the motherfucking flip-flop piece. Love the animals. (laughs)